1: It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast.
0: And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. We are live right now here on the first round of the NFL Draft. That's Bud Elliott. That's Tom Fernelli. I'm Chip Patterson. Uh, I was just watching Danny Cannell on CBS Sports HQ. CBS Sports HQ is going to be your home for all NFL Draft weekend. HQ.com, check it out on your CBS Sports app or on your connected device. Uh, We've got so many headlines to get through as we sit here live with the audience, and also for those of you who have subscribed to the podcast, got a couple picks left in the first round. Uh, Alabama with an incredible haul. Uh, There is the individual draft class haul that we have to think about, at least in terms of already tying the Miami 2004 NFL draft class group in terms of the number one first round picks. But also, as of course, you know, we always want to turn the focus to the recruiting side. How about this 2017 Crimson Tide draft class? Is it one of the best of all time based on what we've already seen here tonight? Uh, So many storylines here, but I I cannot ignore, uh, if you're watching on on youtube.com slash cover3, and if you're checking it out uh, anywhere where you can get that multi-platform excellence, we've got Tom Fernelli, who is... All decked out in his Chicago Bears gear because one of the biggest storylines of the first round of the 2021 NFL draft was how Justin Fields, a quarterback who was one of the top rated prospects coming out of high school in the state of Georgia, uh, right there one and two with Trevor Lawrence. Uh, he goes to Ohio State. He has an incredible 2019 season after you know transferring from Georgia. 2020 gets all the way to the National Championship game and falls just continues to slip down the way, and the Chicago Bears land Justin Fields. So for those of you who listen to the Cover 3 podcast and understand where Tom Fernelli's heart lies, I give it to you, Tom, to say, what was it like in your house as you slowly realized that Justin Fields might be a Chicago Bear and then when it became official?
1: Uh, I mean, as we were, I kind of mentioned before we started, you know, before we went live here, like when I woke up this morning, Aaron Rodgers was still the Packers QB and the Bears were still hopeless. And I was staring at a season of Andy Dalton as QB one and the Bears had the 20th pick and there was no way in the world they were going to be able to move up to get like a Justin Fields. And now as we stand here recording it, not only have the Bears moved up and drafted Justin Fields, Aaron Rodgers wants out of Green Bay, so mm. <laughs> for a Bears fan, today's been pretty spectacular. I, I gotta say, as far as the feeling around the house, uh, it started because like when field when it went to Trey Lance at three, right, and that and then he was and the fields was still falling, and like you know the fifth pick went, the sixth pick went. And I thought I started thinking, you know, if the Bears really want to i think they have enough assets right now to trade up if somebody's willing to trade down it's just my fear all along had been the bears didn't have enough trade assets like if new england wanted to move up to draft justin fields too the patriots had far more picks they could give up to get them if they wanted to so i didn't think it was realistic that the bears would have enough i knew the desire would be there but then as soon as i started seeing the tweets that the bears have moved up i knew exactly what was coming although there was that minute where it was oh my god are they moving up to draft mac jones
0: right Oh, okay, so bud, jump in. Justin Fields falls all the way to the Chicago Bears. We were talking about it a little bit in the group chat. Uh Justin Fields is someone that, you know, we've covered extensively, but uh your your thoughts on uh his where he fell and uh, where he landed.
2: I mean I congrats to Tom. I I think this is a really great pick. we we, we were really extensive in our coverage of what we liked and what we didn't like, right? That's what I, I feel like in, we, we, in, we've in been sitting here telling
0: yeah. you for so long. It's like we we love we've been loving this guy for a very, very, very long time. And to see him in the NFL draft, and Tom, you said it on Twitter earlier, you said there is that weird feeling of the NFL draft, like you're like kissing your children, saying like goodbye, like you're moving them in on the first day of college. I forgot what your reference was, but I understood the sentiment a hundred percent, where it's just like. All right, goodbye. NFL, have fun with Justin Fields. He's been so much fun for us to watch throughout the high school and the college process, and uh, and, and now, you know, we'll see what happens because all for the of, new
2: listeners. Oh, sorry, Chip.
0: Oh yeah, I was just gonna say all the talent is there. Like we just we like, know it's there.
2: We we love the accuracy. We lo- we love the size, the speed, the the pedigree, the fact the fact that he's actually played a, a pretty good amount of football. You know, not quite as much as Trevor, obviously, but you know more than some other guys in this draft, certainly including some who went ahead of him. You know, the real question there is some of the pocket presence stuff. I mean, being a great ha- great athlete does not make you a great pocket presence guy. Uh, and then, you know, being able to quickly read a defense. I mean, he is somebody who I think early on, you're probably going to have to Jared Goff it with him a little bit, right? But that's okay. Like the Rams made a Super Bowl with Jared Goff. I'm sure if if the Bears sniffed a Super Bowl, Tom would wear this costume every single day. So like, uh, like early on, Give me the kid with 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 the accuracy, and we we can figure out uh, some of the other stuff. I mean, like like you mentioned there, like a few years ago,
1: with Mitch Trubisky as their starting QB, the Bears went thirteen and three, made the playoffs. Probably would have beaten the Eagles had it not been for the double doink. And that Eagles team then went on, you know, it. And then last year, the Bears with Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles as their QB once again made the playoffs. So to go from that, if Justin Fields is just an average to above average NFL quarterback, it's already a tremendous upgrade for a team that's already a playoff team.
0: Oh oh you mean the under God Chicago Bears? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. You could always count on them. Uh just fantastic stuff, uh, to for for Tom and for the Chicago Bears. Uh Bud, what what has stood out to you so far uh as we sit here at 11:57 uh here in the final moments of the first round of the NFL draft?
2: Uh Davis and and, and then also uh Taylor for uh or uh, sorry, not not Taylor, uh, the, the the Houston defensive end. Um I I always like the stories of the Peyton kids. Peyton Turner. Sorry, Peyton Turner. Yeah. Like I, I always love the stories of the kids who I don't remember that much from recruiting. And I, I have this big list of reasons why we might miss on a kid at 24-7 Sports. And I tracked it for a long time before I worked for 24-7 Sports. I, I think it's pretty interesting. And one of the things on my list is, did you increase your body weight by 15 or more percent after you left high school, but you kept your speed? Because if so, guys, you got a pretty good chance of actually being much better than your recruiting ranking if you could put on a whole bunch of weight and keep your speed. And in the case of Peyton Turner, 217 as a high school senior – 289 on draft night. Hello. That's uh, that's like 34% increase there. A lot of people increase their body weight 34% in college. Not a lot of people do so and keep their speed. So uh, definitely interested there. And Davis went from I think, 203 to 235. So uh, another really nice example there. Not quite to the same extent, but um, th- those, those stories always interest me. I, I thought... Najee to the Steelers was was great. I, I really like Najee, just getting to know him a little bit at the All-American Games and all the recruiting events that year. Um, I, I think I was 25, 28 weekend guy uh, at recruiting events back then. That was, you know, was pre-kid. Najee's a really cool guy, w- works hard, really, really intelligent, and I, I was happy to see him go there. And then, obviously, the the, the Alabama angle, right? That, that 2017 Alabama class, I mean, we, we can run it down if you want to now, but guys – Najee, Leatherwood, Jerry, Judy, Tua, Jedrick Wills, Xavier McKinney, Devontae Smith, Henry Ruggs. Uh, those guys got booted. Mac uh, Jones. Mac, Mac Jones. Mac right. <laughs> exactly. Jones
0: is also in the 2017 class. Like in terms of the way we looked at the 2017 class at the moment, I remember we knew it was special. We knew, you know, number one class in the country, the, the way that they had stacked certain positions. We said, whoa. This this could be something special. And Mac Jones, a Heisman finalist, a first round pick in the NFL draft, was maybe the fourth lowest rated dude in the class. Mm-hmm. I mean, just yeah, I I absolute like um, recency bias. Twenty seventeen Alabama recruiting class, best class of all time. Just throw it out there, and it's you you can challenge, and there's going to be options. But in the moment. It it really feels that way. That that was just like a, a a great time and place. And so you get what? National championship with those dudes are freshmen. Another one with the fourth year, fourth year Leatherwood, fourth year Najee, fourth year Devonta, like uh fourth year Dylan Moses coming back yeah. as well. Um Chris Allen. Like that's yeah, that's that's special. Like that's that two national championships for one recruiting class is uh in all these first round picks. That's an all-timer type stuff.
1: And we've got we've got one pick left for them to set if, the record for Is it
0: going to be sure. Barmore?
1: Yeah, I would think that I mean, I I had Barmore mock to Tampa Bay in a few mocks. It's just it's impossible to know what Tampa Bay's going to do because like when I was having Barmore going to Tampa Bay, it was with the assumption that they were probably going to let Sue go in free agency, but they brought him back. So I, I don't know. But I think that if that's who it's going to be, that's definitely the most likely option. But I, I think as far as the overall draft and kind of things that have stood out to me first of all i think just that we're kind of seeing in action that the way the sport has changed i think you know we've it's always been going towards a passing league for a long time but a lot of the times in the draft we haven't really seen that and this year i think some of it is just a lack of like top end pass rusher talent in this class but the first six picks in the draft tonight the first three picks were all quarterbacks. The next three picks were all weapons passing weapons you had kyle pitts then you had jamar chase and you had jalen wall and i thought the most interesting pick of those was the bengals going with jamar chase over panay sewell because there'd been so much talking you know, like joe burrow got hurt last year because their offensive line stunk and the narrative was oh my god we have to protect protect joe burrow he's the franchise but i know it's been a controversial pick in some circles but i actually think they made the right pick because i think that the way the sport is going a number one receiver type like jamar chase could be is far more valuable to a team right now than a number one offensive tackle and i think that you could still get a tackle in the second round who pay so might be the best tackle in this class but i don't think the gap between him and maybe the fifth or sixth best tackle is as wide as the gap between Jamar Chase and who might be the ninth or 10th best receiver, who's who you'd be able to get with your next pick. So I was I was excited to see Cincinnati go in that direction. And then at the same time, like with the Lions, and again, this worked out to my benefit greatly. I love Panay Sewell. I think he's a great player, and I think he's going to be a very good NFL offensive tackle. But if I'm the Detroit Lions, I know I have Jared Goff, but if Justin Fields is still there at number 7, how am I taking Paday Sewell over Justin Fields? Like I, I think that's I tweeted it, I got some blowback from Lions fans for saying it, but that's why you're the Lions. because Sewell's great, but an above average quarterback, if that's all Justin Fields ever proves to be, is far more valuable in the NFL. Then a great offensive tackle will be. And I talked to some Lions fans who their argument was, hey, well, we did that with Stafford and we were never able to build a team around him. It. It's like, well, yeah, your failure to build a team around Stafford does not mean taking Stafford was the wrong move. You need a quarterback to win in the NFL. So to see like the Lions pass up on a chance to maybe get a franchise QB and then go with Sewell, I was, I was, at the time I was like, oh, that's a terrible move. But hey, like I said, work to my benefit.
0: No, nah, I'm, I'm going to ride for Sewell there. I think Sewell at seven is worth it. Like a, I think you're a like, player, but I, are you really taking an offensive tackle over a quarterback? I I again, you know no, that not I'm, if I don't have a QB. You know that I'm bad at team needs, and you know that I'm bad at like draft value and draft capital. But if if I I saw the way that those nerds were hugging each other in the Detroit Lions like office cam. You know, like uh, consistently we've seen how fantasy football has changed the way that football fans look at football teams and everybody like sort of imagines themselves as like cosplay GMs with the way they think about the NFL draft. And like the way that those nerds were hugging each other in the Detroit Lions room after they drafted Penny Sewell, I was like, oh, that guy was three on their big board. And they said, we got the number three guy at number seven. And so we feel like we got value.
1: I would stop calling them nerds if I were you. Because the people in that front office are very likely to beat you up, Chip. Like what? Chris Spielman's in there. Their coach Dan Campbell is pretty much like the NFL version of Will Musk Oh, this they is the eat guy your who kneecap. Was talking about fighting <laughs> the kneecaps. Yeah. And I think I think that's kind of part of my concern, too, is because as we've talked about at the college level, when you hire like these defensive-minded kind of coaches. It's like, yeah, we got to win in the trenches. It's like, I'm not saying you don't need a good offensive line or a good defensive line, but again, quarterback before everything. And to think that you're settled because you've got Jared Goff, who the Rams literally just gave up on for the guy you had when you could have taken somebody like Justin Fields, I just think it's a move that Detroit, especially now that he's in their own division. All right, so what
0: you're saying, and this is definitely not the Chicago Bears uniform you're wearing, the visor or the uh, wig that comes attached, I'm guessing. No, this is my hair. I this is your hair. It. Your orange hair that you've dyed for tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So you're saying that the Detroit Lions have a Jeremy Pruitt situation on their hands.
1: Yeah. That's my first, I mean, there's still plenty Trey of time Trey Smith is it.
0: awesome, right? You know, like, like you can, t- Tennessee said some good offensive lines. Because I mean, like, I guess what it comes down
1: to is what's the point of having a generational offensive tackle like Panay Sewell if he's just protecting a bunch of second-rate QBs?
0: I
2: think here it is. It is the issue though, that, that Detroit just traded for Goff, and Goff is young enough to where if you take another you know, young quarterback, your fan base is going to be like, what the hell? Like mm-hmm. we just traded for Jared Goff and got rid of Stafford's contract, took Goff's contract. Not like I, I, I want to keep this show, you know, college collegey. Um, one takeaway I would have though, but I, I think that's probably why Detroit did what it did. Um, cause there could be blowback that shout out to Ryan Wilson and the guys at CBS who did these mock drafts who had what only four or five offensive linemen going mm-hmm. the Vegas over under was six and a half. And you know, I think Tom, I think you took the under on that as, as, as well. We actually went four and oh on the bets that we talked about today, under six and a half offensive linemen, Kyle Pitts, under five and a half picks. So, you know, five, five or inside there. Uh, what else to be cast Jalen Waddle inside of 11 and then, uh over four and a half receivers I didn't have that one I, I had JC Horn before Micah Parsons
1: See, uh I had the yeah, I lost I had Sertan as my first defensive player taken so I lo- I took that loss but I that shout out to the Ravens for taking Bateman to get me over the four and a half
2: there there you go um but like the, I think it says something about the overall offensive tackle class right like Tevin Jenkins Didn't go. Um, Yeah. And like a guy like
1: Darisaw, like the Vikings that were at 15 and they traded down to, I think, 23, and they were still able to get Darisaw, who I think is probably one of the best tackles in this class.
2: Are you guys totally okay with with taking Mac Jones at 15? Because I I think I am. Like three, Mm -hmm. he didn't feel like a top three pick to me. Taking him at 15, especially when I know like the the team who took him is super tight with the team that just coached him. Like that's. That's got Nick Saban's stamp of approval like all over it, right? Yeah, that I think that made
1: plenty of sense for New England because you you're clearly you're not tied to Cam long term and you do need a QB of the future. And I think Mac Jones, like again, I know like I tweeted the pictures and there's the jokes like comparing the body photos of Tom Brady and Mac Jones, but I do think that Mac Jones is similar to Tom Brady in a lot of ways as far as a physical and a talent kind of Level of what he does and what he does well. So I think if you're New England, that makes a lot of sense and it's a good fit for you. And I think that just value-wise, I think that that is kind of like Mac Jones's level of where he should have been drafted. Because so that was one of my things too, like with the 49ers taking Trey Lance, when all the smoke was about Trey Lance or Mac Jones, like I was still being all stubborn thinking it was going to be Fields just because I was like, I can't see a team giving that much up to trade up to get one of those two guys. And obviously they ended up doing it with Lance, but Mac Jones was always a good quarterback to me. He was never a top five quarterback to me. He was never a top 10 quarterback to me. He was, he was somebody that should have been in the mid to late first
0: round. So I want all of the news. I want all of the updates on the, uh, iron bowl, new England quarterback battle.
1: Yeah. I mean, people keep mentioning it's cam Newton and Mac Jones. They forget stims there too.
0: Oh, so man.
1: It, it's two on one with Listen, Auburn.
0: Like that's, I, I, I want to find out that during the uh, the NFL preseason, are we on the new schedule immediately? Only three games like this coming year?
1: I think so. I'm not 100% I sure. I want to
0: find out that a top 10 market for a New England preseason game is in Birmingham, Alabama. Please give it to me. I want to see I want to see Auburn and Alabama fans like roll. I want Toomer's Corner rolled. When Jarrett Stidham and Cam Newton outplay Cam, outplay Mac Jones in a uh, in a preseason game for the Patriots,
1: what is the over under on amount of minutes that will pass? But after Cam Newton meets Mac Jones, before he mentions the pick six at the goal line,
0: I mean, listen, there's there's a lot like of three and a half minutes tops. What's what are we going at?
2: Have you seen the photo of Mac Jones tweeted in 2019, like yes. of him shirtless? Okay, yeah, comparing himself to Tom
0: Brady. Yes. Yeah. That's uh, special stuff. Uh, so Quiddy pay ends up going up at number 21 to the Colts. That is someone who, uh, when I was asked to rank the top 32 players based on their college performance, ultimately, I mean, it's a very selfish endeavor, just kind of like my 32 favorite players in the draft class, but get a chance to explain it. Yada, yada, yada. Uh, take the you know, college performance into consideration more than the projections. And I got called out rightfully for, uh, for including Quitty pay who the argument being that he didn't quite make a, as much of an impact on college. But I, I mean, was I, was I too blinded by what the projection could be where we look at Quitty pay and we look at the frame and we look at the way that he looks when he was able to get in there and get after it. And you're like, I don't know, man, that guy's special. Or uh, do you think that the, uh, the college performance was worth it?
2: I, I think the college performance was mostly worth it. I, by the way, two things here on, on pay that I do want to point out. Number one, Kuiper, like repeatedly uh, citing the game against Minnesota this year. I'm like, that's the game that Minnesota had much bunch and of nobody- line out with COVID. <laughs> yeah. Like that's not a great game. Like you, you wouldn't cite what you did in, in practice against the second or third stringers one day, but that's basically what he was doing. And against worse second and third stringers than Michigan has, because Minnesota doesn't have as good players as Michigan does. Number two, congrats Jim Harbaugh for finally getting something positive out of the New England recruiting experience that that he was doing for a couple of years there. Could he pay out, out of Rhode Island. Um, that that's that's a really cool story if if you guys know know about the background there. Um, I just thought it was a fine pick. Like there were very few, like what the hell picks, mm-hmm. in this draft, and really not many at all in like the top fifteen or twenty. Even like a, from like a college perspective, right? Normally, like we're like, wait a second, you got all these dudes who are much better college players that are proven, who also have upside. And you're taking this guy, which is just a pure upside, like but also huge downside play. And maybe I'm missing some, but I, I thought most of these picks were pretty defensible.
1: Well, I think i think the uh the peyton turner pick was kind of i don't think it's a pit, just defensible from the perspective of i don't know who else was going to be taking him this early so i feel like the saints might have reached on him in that aspect as far as just game theory kind of but i will say and i tweeted this about both of them i think both Najee harris and travis Etienne are terrific prospects as running backs just I hate when teams draft running backs in the first round, and then also like for the quote from Urban Meyer when after they traded or they drafted Travis Etienne, when Urban Meyer said the plan is basically to have like Brian or what's the other the Robinson James Robinson and Carlos Hyde as their one two punch and Etienne as their third down back. Absolutely like. Okay, I'm hoping that's just like the coach speak that a coach does because he doesn't want to piss off anybody that's on the roster and find himself in a situation when camp opens where a guy feels like he's already been replaced. But like you used a first round pick on your third down back?
2: Somebody had somebody had a pretty good tweet about Urban Meyer not recognizing that uh, that the roster limits in the NFL are much smaller than they are in college. And you know, you you don't usually do that for, for a third down back um yeah i look i don't like the idea of taking running backs in the first round even though i just praised the the, the Najee pick um but oh something we talked about on, on today's today's show which i guess people will not have heard yet because it's a mailbag which comes out tomorrow so me referencing the bets that we recorded in that show did not help our audience because no it's, no, it, it's, it's up is. oh it is it's okay yeah. we dropped it all right cool um
0: we talked about Kansas, and Kansas was a tenuous situation. So you know what? Like We just gotta we got to fly on that one. So we just got to fire on it.
2: I've been like retweeting that. so much stuff today. Like i have haven't having trouble keeping track of what I retweeted, what I didn't, and just being a rugby company man and sharing everything. Uh, from our friends at Track and Football, uh, with whom we have a partnership here at 24-7 Sports, they, they do a lot of track stuff and a lot of good data stuff. 27 of 32 first-round picks played two or more sports in high school. Mm. I know we discussed that today. Um, somebody played four other sports. I don't know who that was, uh, but a lot of these guys played at least two other sports. So, pretty cool. Play multiple sports.
0: So, as we have uh, the final pick has been made, Joe Tryon, edge rusher out of Washington, goes number 32 to Tampa Bay. That means that Alabama ties the six picks for the 2004 Miami Draft Class. Is this. Uh, in number, it already is one of the best draft classes of all time. I will say that while we will celebrate the 2021 NFL draft class, I'm probably always going to take it back to 2017 recruiting class, right? Because the four, the presence of the four-year players means that we should also include Jerry Judy Means we should also include our Tua Tagavaloa, means we should also include our Henry Ruggs. And so I feel like while the Alabama storyline tonight, while the headline on cbsports.com that I need to hit save and unlock on here pretty soon, uh, while all of that will be something that is going to be a headline for the discussion of the first round of the NFL draft. I kind of think that shout out 247 sports as always but I kind of feel like that 2017 recruiting class what Nick Saban did with that recruiting class I think that that stands out to me as like one of the big college centric storylines of the evening.
1: Who knew Alabama was good. <laughs>
2: <I> mean, <laughs> no, it's it, it, it's pretty it, crazy. You you, yeah. you got to go up, go back to basically like Slightly post World War II, Notre Dame gaming uh, the the GI Bill and all that stuff uh, to uh, to like we're talking about teams from mm-hmm. like what the fifties to really find a great comp. I mean Oklahoma had a year back in I think the seventies where, where they just pulled off something similar to this and it was pretty nuts. But in the eighty five scholarship era, so basically like I know the rule passed in ninety two, but I think ninety four was the first year that we played at eighty five scholarships as a sport. I think this does stand above.
0: I mean, I had fun. Like I I wrote in that story that I referenced earlier that uh, I will always ride for Najee Harris, who is the leading rusher in the national championship game against Georgia. Devonta Smith was the leading receiver in the national championship game against Georgia. In the early third quarter, Jonah Williams, who was the starting left tackle for Alabama, went down with an injury and Alex Leatherwood, true freshman with very limited experience at that time, enters into the game as Alabama faces a double-digit deficit against Georgia. Plays left tackle all the way through, and of course, we always mention Tua Tagovailoa, who uh, who came in for Jalen Hurts at halftime of that game. Uh, Devonta Smith, right. Najee Harris, Tua Tagovailoa, Alex Leatherwood, national champions <laughs> like Travis Etienne led Clemson in rushing as a freshman, won ACC Player of the Year twice and uh won a national championship and played for another that those dudes are uh those dudes are special
1: it no it it really is crazy like that alabama recruiting class and everybody that was in it that was it's like again not just nfl draft picks first round nfl draft picks it's it's one of those things where it's kind of so ridiculous that you don't even really truly comprehend how Out of character that actually is but it's also you know is that something that we could see again considering the way that recruiting has kind of been funneled to a certain number of teams
0: no I'm gonna say uh I'm gonna say no just because I do think that group was special and I know that is recency bias but I will also say that uh as we continue to see the the changes in college athletics it's going to be tough to accumulate talent like that uh in the new new landscape
1: but if if a the program does do it, yeah, true. But if if another program does do it, we're all betting on it being Alabama, right?
2: Yeah, Ohio State. Uh, could. Assuming it no, happens next no, no, couple of years. Ohio State.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. If we look at like Ohio State or Oklahoma wide receivers, all of a sudden they put out like you know two or three in two two years back to back. You know they could they could end up doing it. Tough part is getting them to stay for that fourth year. That's what's that's what's made this twenty seventeen class. Really special was that they all came back, because you weren't going to be able to have that. Because they, what, uh, Harris and Leatherwood, maybe not first round picks, but Smith could have been a first round pick, right? Yeah, yeah, could have been.
1: Uh, here, here's a fun little number for you. Just going comparing how many players Alabama had taken just from this one, you know, whatever. Uh, Northwestern and Penn State tied for the most first-round picks from the Big Ten. But more importantly, Northwestern had more players chosen tonight
2: than the Big 12. Thoughts? Um, Well, if you look at some of these graphs showing the best and worst draft production as far as, like, taking top picks and, uh, you know, um, turning it into actual, like, top NFL draft picks from top recruit picks. Uh, the Big 12 is like way way down and that's almost entirely due to Texas because nobody else in that league other than Oklahoma gets enough top prospects to even move the needle as far as turning those prospects into into elite draft picks but yeah I mean we, we give the Pac-12 a lot of crap but talent wise I don't, I don't think the Big 12 has more.
0: So what and, was the <laughs> Big 12 count? Zero. Right, that's what I thought. And to right. be clear, How many schools
2: like- had more than, than the Big 12?
0: All right, I'll give them to you right now. BYU, Georgia, Houston, LSU, Kentucky, Michigan, Minnesota, North Dakota State, Ohio State, Oregon, South Carolina, Tulsa, Washington. Tulsa USA, had more first Washington. round picks
1: tonight than either of the Oklahoma Big 12 schools.
0: <laughs> yeah, there you go right now. Total yeah, cap. It's- Alabama at six, Clemson, Florida, Miami, Northwestern, Penn State, Virginia Tech, all at two, and then that laundry list that I just unrolled, all with one pick apiece.
2: By the way, you know who had a pretty good recruiting class? Coaching wise, definitely not. But like the last two classes he signed at Florida, Jim McElwain has had like a pretty decent number of picks off those final two classes he signed.
0: And oh, Kadarius Tony Jim
2: McElwain. He couldn't recruit.
1: <laughs> what do you guys think of the Kadarius-Tony pick, by the way? The the, uh, the Giants took him. They The Giants had been hoping, I think, to get Devontae Smith. The Eagles jumped up, took him, and then the Giants traded back, allowing the Bears to come up to get Fields. And then I, th- I feel like the Giants kind of took Aldi brand Devontae Smith.
0: So I look at Tony a couple ways. Like if I am just celebrating what he can do, like what his ceiling is, then I'm like, yeah, absolutely. You're good. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about a thing. He's going to be awesome. Can you imagine what he's going to be like within this offense? But if I'm to, you know, do that, that dance where all of a sudden I actually have to make the decision. Like if it's coming up in a fantasy football draft, I, I know that Kadarius Tony's missed a lot of action. Boy's been hurt a lot. And I might not take him. So uh, if if you jump against him based on that and the fact that 2020, I think, was really his first full healthy year where he was able to play a full season, be 100% productive, then yeah, I I understand it. But, I mean, his, his ceiling is right there with being uh, one of the best all-purpose players on your roster.
1: I also think it was interesting that we mentioned it at the top when talking about it. Like, obviously it's a passing league so defensively you need corners you need safeties you need defensive backs but the old adage has always been too like well you need you need pass rushers cuz the game is now quarterbacks versus getting to the quarterback and you need people who get to the quarterback First edge rusher wasn't taken until the 18th pick. Now, part of that is, again, I don't think this was a great class for anybody on the defense, really, and especially at the edge rusher position. But typically, you see teams reaching for edge rushers just because they are so important. So I was somewhat surprised... Not to see somebody try to maybe reach a little too early. I think Jalen Phillips at 18 to Miami was a perfectly reasonable pick for them. But I, 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 because st- like I saw some mocks where people were like taking Quiddy Pay in the top 15. And I was like, I don't know if I would do that. But I, I, I was interested in seeing the
2: kind of caution teams took. I mean, who would you go get? A- a- Aziz Ojulari, maybe? Yeah, I, I like Aziz Ojulari. I
1: get why maybe some teams. Probably don't think he's got the highest ceiling. I I liked him because you know Georgia used him in different ways, and I feel like he's kind of ready made and fits into a lot of defensive schemes. So for me, I was a big fan of him, but I kind of understand why some teams might not want to use a first round pick on him.
2: Yeah, I I, I would agree with that. I, I think, but Tom, I think a lot of this is just a lack of of quality defensive linemen in in, in this year's cycle. Like like you can't convince me that look, look what Tampa did in in the Super Bowl. To to Mahomes and, and that offense. I mean, it was number one. They had two really really athletic linebackers, so they're able to leave on the field. So you're able to control the run game and also the pass game without having to play a whole lot of dime stuff. But they also they they got a whole lot of pressure with just their front four. I mean, if we have a year, I think back to some of these years, in my mind and I group them together more as like recruit years than I do draft years because that's just kind of the first time I see these guys. But like the year at at the at the Under Armour game where we had. Kim DJ and Chris Jones and Dexter Lawrence and, and, and all those dudes. Like, guess what? They all went like first round or, or did Lawrence go first round? I think he did. Uh, you know, Chris Jones and, and Kim DJ certainly did. Yeah, uh, at believe. the very, very latest, I think
1: early second, but I do think he was like one of the last picks of
2: the first. Like, if you, if you had got, or, or like, like, like Miles, right? If you had dudes like that, they would still go really high in the draft. You just didn't have them, you know, this year.
1: Here's a question for you guys. I'm sorry if this puts you on the spot, but who is the best player that wasn't taken tonight?
0: Christian Barmar. Oh, Christian Barmar is on my mind, but I mean, I've I've already admitted to being sort of Alabama sort of blinded.
2: I mean, so, is there a guy that stands out to you, Tom, that like just there's no a guy but, like a Moa. Yeah. I was
1: surprised he didn't go in the first. I think that I just think that with the way the NFL's going defensively, like he's just, he's not Micah Parsons. He's not Isaiah Simmons. He's not those guys, but I think he's kind of in that same mold where he's just versatile and useful in a lot of ways. I was surprised to not see him go. And I, I think that he'll probably be an early pick tomorrow. It's just, I,
2: I really thought he was a first rounder. Hey, guys, you want to declare our draft game winner? Yeah. Go for it. Was it, it me? I- no, it was not. Uh, so we so we had 126 entries, only four guys, even with the opportunity to list 120 players if you wanted, and one guy did, uh, and he made it to the finals. Uh, only four people had all 32 first-round picks in, in their list. Four finalists had a bunch of people who had like 90 picks, you know, 100. But shout-out to Brian West at B-West21. Looks like he's a Penn State fan. Uh, from his Twitter, he only went to column BE. So column AZ would be what? 26, 26, 52. So Brian West crushed the field. He did this in only 56 picks, which is really remarkable.
0: Got the right 32 in 56 picks, and that included a Peyton Turner. And that included Peyton Turner. And that in- he had
1: Peyton
2: Turner in there. Yeah. He had somebody on the inside. He works for the Saints. He's cheap. I mean, I- he was throwing stuff like Davis Mills, Ronnie Perkins. Uh, you know, Eric Stokes was obviously key for him. That that was a big knockout. Peyton Turner was a huge knockout. Leatherwood knocked out like forty nine tickets. Um, he had Landon Dickerson in there. Uh, yeah, like like he was just he focused spot on. on the
0: back half. Like he nailed. He figured he had the first sixteen nailed because uh, Dickerson's another one that like could have could have. Ended up somewhere in there near the end of the first round. You know, there's sounds like he had a couple guys that he all had targeted that did not end up getting picked that easily could have ended up getting picked.
2: By the way, uh, recruiting ranking wise, eight five stars, eight four stars. So half the draft was blue chip kids, half was not. I remember, only about nope. what seven percent of all players are blue chips as nope. recruits. So
1: I don't care about that context. I just want to tweet <laughs> about. Remember, guys, <laughs> half the draft was three stars. <laughs> oh man, who'd we have as
0: our exactly. two star tonight? Peyton uh, Turner was Turner. a two star. Yeah,
2: yeah. See, Although twenty four seven had three stars on him, so we'll see. And twenty four seven had five stars
0: on Devonta. Composite ha- yeah. Composite Likes. had it at four.
2: Mm. That's, why, that's why he used twenty
0: four seven. That's why he used twenty four seven. We also had Darasaw as
2: the number one prep offensive player because he had to go to prep school, but we don't count that. We're just using high school stuff.
0: He had it going. He had it absolutely moving. We will be back with a full recap of the NFL draft once we have all seven rounds in the books. Once we have the full counts of our teams, the full counts of our conferences, full counts of our stars, and we will also tell you who in the later rounds we should end up getting excited for and much more. You can follow him on Twitter at BudElliott3. You can follow him at Tom Fernelli. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Gentlemen, no need for an extended thank you. Thank you very much. Later,
1: Aaron Rodgers. See you. Congrats, Tom. Thank you.